Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. In our episode today, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 12 and have some comments about it, but I want to talk to you briefly about the chapter before I read it. The call of Abraham, the Lord's call on Abraham, starts in Genesis chapter 12. He was introduced as a descendant of Terah and a descendant of Shem in chapter 11. But the call of God comes to Abraham specifically in Genesis chapter 12. And the blessing of God comes to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. At this point, he's still known as Abram. And uh, he won't have his name changed for several more chapters yet. But it's the man to whom God decided to reveal himself, this man Abram. And from Abram came Isaac, came Jacob, came the Jewish people, and came the knowledge of the one true God. And so this chapter is really foundational in much of the, the rest of Genesis, because the rest of Genesis deals primarily with Abram's descendants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the 12 sons of Jacob and uh, some other peripheral characters as well, but primarily those. And so the Lord's redemptive plans, Genesis through Revelation, was revealed first to Abraham and then uh, sequentially to other Jewish men and women down through the ages and passed on to us. Of all the authors of the Bible, the only potential Gentile that Bible historians have, have made note of is Luke. Luke in the the writer of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts may have been a Gentile. May have been. It's not definitive, but he may have been. So today, let's read from Genesis chapter 12, knowing that this is a critically important chapter, especially the first three verses. Genesis 12.1. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came into Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. 
and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle and male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me, he said? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. Now, I want to back up to the first three verses. These are three critically important verses that I will mention off and on through the entire Bible in various places. Genesis 12:1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. So note that first. Abram had to go to some place very unfamiliar, just on the word of Yahweh. He said, Go to the land I will show you. This is the first mention, friends, of the promised land. God was about to show Abram a land. In verse 2, it says, I will make you into a great nation. This is the first mention of the Jewish people. Abram and his descendants, the Jewish people, and many of the Arabic peoples are going to be descended from Abraham as well. And so he's, he's making this promise of a great people that will come through Abram. He says, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. This is known as the blessing of Abraham. Verse 3, he says, I will bless those who bless you. So this blessing extends to those who bless the descendants of Abram. And whoever curses you, I will curse. So it's both a blessing and a curse prescribed. Then he mentions, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. Now that's very important because, once again, Christian scholars see that as the first mention of the Messiah. This blessing for all people on earth being blessed through Abraham refers to the seed of Abraham, the Messiah. And so some have referred to this threefold blessing as soil, seed, and a savior. The land is the soil, the seed are the descendants of Abraham, and then ultimately the savior through who all people on earth would be blessed. This blessing from God was extended to Abram when he was 75 years old. And then in verse 7, the Lord appears to Abram again, and he says, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went to the hills of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Now, why is that significant, these two locations, Bethel and Ai? Bethel and Ai today are in the contested territory in the so-called West Bank. Friends, Abraham was standing next to these two cities in the midst of the contested territory when the Lord said to Abram, this land I will give you and your offspring. And so the land, the promise of the land was made to Abram while he was standing in the midst of what is currently known as the West Bank, the contested territories. So the nations of the world can call it the West Bank. But God called it the promised land, and it was promised to Abram and his descendants, by extension to Isaac, by extension to Jacob, by extension to the 12 sons of Jacob, and then the Jewish people. And so Abram built an altar to Yahweh there, and he called on the name of Yahweh. Now, in chapter 12, verse 10, there's a mention that there was a famine in the land, 
And Abram went down to Egypt to live there because the famine was severe. I want to just talk about this a minute. Because Abraham went to Egypt for support during the time of a famine. Isaac did likewise. Jacob did likewise. And then eventually, Jesus himself went down to Egypt for protection. So Egypt has a long history with the Jewish people, beginning with Abraham, Abram, Isaac, Jacob, and then to Jesus in the first century. Egypt was a place of protection when Herod the Great wanted to kill Jesus. The parents of Jesus took him down to Egypt for protection. So this connection with the Jewish people and the people of Egypt is very, very ancient. God has plans for the Egyptian people. He loves them. They're not a mistake. They're part of the plan of God. And in the fullness of time, there will be a great move of God in Egypt. There are many Jewish believers in Jesus now that recognize that Egypt has a great future together with Israel. And so God has plans for Egypt. I'm just mentioning that now. Now, when he goes down, he tells this big lie, seemingly a big lie, about Sarah being his sister. I want to address that a minute as well, because it has to do with the Jewish understanding of things. Terah was the ancestor of both Abram and Sarai. Now, as the ancestor, all of his descendants are his sons and daughters, no matter how many generations. And so, by extension, those descendants are sisters and brothers of each other. So, Sarah was related to Abraham, Abram, through his ancestor, Terah, as was his wife, Sarah. They were cousins. We would refer to them as cousins. But Abram was able to say, she's my sister, because in the Jewish understanding of things, descendants are sons and daughters and brothers and sisters, not grandsons, granddaughters, cousins, and all that. That's not a biblical paradigm. So when Abraham said to Sarai, tell Pharaoh or tell the Egyptians, you're my sister, it was a lie. He was trying to hide the fact that he was married to her. But by extension, he was telling something that was part of their culture, or to be part of their culture, that descendants were sisters and brothers, not cousins. And uh, in this case, not husband and wife. He wasn't emphasizing the husband and wife. And so Abraham told, or Abram told Sarah to identify as his sister and not identify as his wife because she was very beautiful. Now, it's interesting. She was an old woman. He was at least 75 years old. She was uh, probably in her 60s, but she was still so stunningly beautiful that she came under the watchful eye of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And the Pharaoh of Egypt apparently took her to be his wife because it says in verse 19, why did you say she's my sister so that I took her up to be my wife? We don't know whether Pharaoh had sexual relations uh, with Sarai. There's conjecture in that among Jewish theologians and Christian theologians as well. But whatever the case, Pharaoh thought she was available and took her into his harem, whether he actually was sexually intimate with her or not, we don't know. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife uh, that Pharaoh had taken. And so Pharaoh eventually found out through whatever means that she was indeed his wife, and he told Abram to take her and go, and then he would be protected. Now, this is an interesting chapter, this white lie, if you will, there's no mention that Abram had sinned in this exchange, but it's a very odd exchange. It's not something that would be culturally acceptable for us, but it was something that was done. Uh, The Bible never calls this a sin issue related to Abram or Sarai. 
Uh, we don't know the nature of what transpired here exactly, other than they were both preserved, their lives were preserved. And uh, when they left Egypt, they took possessions with them. And while they were in Egypt, they were spared from the famine that was on the whole earth. So if you're following what I'm saying, just track with me a little bit further. Egypt was a blessing to both Sarai and to Abram. And by extension, Egypt was a blessing to all of the descendants of Abram and Sarai, who were still inside of them, still inside of her womb, still inside the seed of Abram. And so Egypt was um, setting up this paradigm to be a blessing to Abram and his descendants. We'll explore that as we go through the scriptures. But now I just want to pray briefly for the people of Egypt and for uh, both Christians and those who don't know the Lord yet that are living in Egypt. Lord, we just are reminded that Egypt has a place in the plan of God. Egypt was a descendant of Noah. He was a person and his descendants located in the region we now call Egypt. But Lord, these descendants of Noah and these descendants of Egypt have a place in your plans. They're not a mistake. We pray for the redemption of Egypt. We pray for there to be good relations between them and Israel. But we pray for Egypt to recognize not only Israel, but Jesus, the Messiah of Israel and the Messiah of the planet. Lord, open the eyes of the Egyptian people to Jesus, their Messiah and our Messiah as well. We pray all these things now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.